0: Now is the day in which to begin the new life that is to lift us up to the greater expression of all that is wonderful. The word that we speak is the law of our own life, and nothing, nothing hinders it but ourselves. We have enough ignorance of our real nature that we have misused the power of our word, and behold what it has brought to us the very thing that we often have feared. But now, now we shall produce a new thing, a new heaven and a new earth. We've been talking this month uh, about this book, Creative Mind, and really using some of the principles uh, of Ernest Holmes' first book to move our lives forward in uh, in new, uh, and in some cases dramatically new ways, I think. Last week we talked a little bit about... uh, the idea of building a mental equivalent, and I'm going to take off from there. But first, I want to go back to this sort of question he was asking in this quote, and try it on for size in our own lives. We have, through ignorance of our real nature, misused the power of our word, and behold what it has brought upon us, the very thing that we may have feared. So I want to ask you, I mean, I'm sure he's writing in a way that like, will fit each one of us. Do you know what I mean? But I think that there is something that through our ignorance we have brought upon in our own lives that all of us have a shared idea and responsibility in it. Can you guess what it is? I think we have misused the power of our word through the illnesses we have experienced in our own bodies. And so today I want to talk a little bit about that most intimate use, if you will, of the power of our word, and that's... Through this, that is this thing that we call body, our bodies. And, uh, and Nancy's prayer this morning was wonderful because it talked about us as the, the body, the physical incarnation, if you will, of part of God. And why would that ever be anything less than God-like? You know, in, the, in many of the great scriptures around the world, it talks about the, the human being as being the, the image of God. And, and I believe that this is true. So why would that image be any less than God-like? Why would we, if you will, through our ignorance, through our misuse of the law, create something somehow less than that magnificence that we were, we were born into, that idea of the, the Christ presence in the flesh, if you will, or that idea of, uh, of perfect God, perfect human, perfect... Larry, perfect us. Well, I have some ideas, of course, and one of them we touched on last week. Remember when we were talking about mental equivalence, and I said that we also all had a striking example of medical uh, of mental equivalence in our lives, and it was worry. All of us have worried before, and we have used this negative tool, if you will, of worry to just rile up our lives in the most amazing ways. And I, I told the story of, of my mom waiting up for me from uh, from a dance I went to, and oh, she was mad when I finally got home hours and hours late. And she said, I'm sick with worry. How dare you do that without phoning? Well, that idea of being sick with worry, you know, that's not just something that moms make up to get our conscience. Here's something from the American Medical Association. Chronic worry, fearfulness, anxiety, and uncertainty affect over 40 million adults in the United States, according to the National Institutes of Mental Health. Normal everyday events can cause stress and brief anxiety, but more generalized worry describes those who experience ongoing anxiety that interferes with relationships and daily activities. Feeling anxiety and worry triggers the body's fight or flight response, which over long periods of time can cause additional illnesses, and it goes on to actually list some of these and exactly why worry causes this. It lists chronic depression, insomnia, chronic diarrhea, heartburn, and a variety of other gastro and I can't finish that word because I'm not good at <laughs> pronouncing medical terms but, but a lot of our digestive issues, let's put it that way, are a result of our worrying. Now, I guess this shouldn't be a surprise to us. But it kind of hits home, doesn't it? That our thoughts don't just outpicture as our lives on the outside of things. It's not just that if we have a feelings and an intense a, a, awareness of, a, of something like love that we're going to experience it out in the physical world through other people. It's right here as well. There's no escaping the fact that when we have thoughts of whether it's feast or famine, whether we have thoughts of, of love or hate, it's going to affect this thing, you know, it's still exterior, if you will, to our spirit, but it is not exterior to our influence. The things that we think absolutely affect our bodies. So how can we use this tool that we've been talking about this week? How can we use things like mental equivalence? How can we use affirmations? How can we use the power of attraction not only to fix, if you will, or alter or enhance the outsides of ourselves, how can we use it to affect this? this? This most intimate nature of who and what we are, our own body. Well, I think the best place is with a joke. <laughs> we'll start there. <clears throat> A guy suffering from a miserable head cold begs his doctor for relief. Please, doc, I'll try anything to kick this cold. Well, the doctor recommends juice and some pills for congestion and fever, and some lozenges also for the fellow's cough. After a week, the guy is still sick. Back to the doctor's office. So this time, the doctor gives him some vitamins and tells him of some herbs to strengthen his um, immune system. But, you know, that doesn't really seem to help either. Week three. Okay, this is what I want you to do, says the doctor on his third visit. Go home and take a hot bath. Then, I want you to throw open all the windows and stand in the draft. What? I'll get pneumonia, protests the guy. Well, I know, says the doctor, but I know how to treat that. (laughs) And I want to suggest that that might actually be one of our problems with using these mental techniques on our own bodies. I want to suggest that maybe we don't even really know what we're supposed to be treating for. So follow my train of thought here. See if this isn't true. If we believe that the outside world is a world of effects, if we believe that that it is through our conscious minds and our unconscious minds, through our, our thinking, through our consciousness, that we create the world around us. Well, certainly that involves our bodies, right? So as we think it, so it will be, and that's true whether it's at work or in a love affair. It's true um, whether it's uh, in relationships or, at, um, you know, wherever. And it's certainly true for this housing, this space suit that we wear called our bodies. Okay, so you're, you're with me there. So if a thought caused my condition, why do we usually treat the condition? Do you know what I mean? So don't we spend a whole lot of time treating, working on, uh, doing what we think is right based on the condition and not perhaps what's causing it. So if our disease, if our malcontent, if our upsetness with the world, and whether whether it's a chronic disease or whether it's a job that we hate, Whether we want to address the symptom or whether we want to address the cause, I think is our issue here. And so we've been talking for the last few weeks about doing things like improving our relationships or maybe finding a better job and what mental activity would go with that. And I'm here to say that the fundamental nature of the science of mind can be applied to our own bodies as well. Now, interestingly enough, uh, for those of you who have done any research into the science of mind or into, uh, sometimes it's called religious science, you know, we're called the, spiritual, the Centers for Spiritual Living. Anyone that's done a little research would discover that 150 years ago, when all this started in America, this new thought movement, the new thought was a little different than when Sharon and Nancy talk about it on Sunday. On Sunday, the new thought, they say, change your thinking and change your life. And when it started about 100 years ago, instead they would have said, change your thinking and change your health, because it was all about healing back then. That, in fact, is why the ecclesiastical people here in the room are called practitioners. It's why on Sunday, oftentimes, you'll hear people kind of interchangeably say affirmative prayer or treatment It's because we were treating the ills not only out in the world, but the ills of physical bodies at that time. And in fact, a lot of people specifically over the medical profession, which was pretty darn sketchy in the 1800s, believe me, often you would go to a mental science practitioner instead of a doctor. And it made a whole lot of sense. And it met with a great deal of success. Well, today, we don't highlight that much of it, right? But I'm here to tell you healing that idea of making our body better as well as making the outside parts of things better is here and it works just as well and we're going to talk about it today so where's a good place to start well i think i alluded to it first of all don't we want to be working on the cause of it but of course (laughs) In the realm of mind, we're going to be talking about metaphysical causes. Not causes in the physical world, but the causes around our thinking. And I don't know how to specifically talk about this too easily, because it's going to be a little different for each person. Each one of us has our own thought patterns, our own ways of being in the world, our own beliefs, our own, uh, um, if you will, thought world inside our heads. But what I do know is that the thought world inside each one of our heads has created our world, including our body. And so if we can look at our thinking processes we can get some clues into what's going on in our life and in a more general way let me play out a couple things for you and see if this isn't true so for instance those of you out here today that maybe have had some mobility issues those of you out here who have maybe gone through having a, um, a twisted ankle or uh, joint pain or or issues that would tend to restrain your mobility What is mobility? It's our freedoms. I heard someone say it. Whenever our thoughts are less than free, our bodies are going to respond in like form. So if you want to know what the the root cause of things like arthritis is, if you want to know what the root cause of lessened flexibility is, it's the flexibility of our mind. It's, the, it's the, the, our own ability in our minds to feel free, to feel like we can do the things we choose to do. Now, I know there, those of you out there are going to, after the service, going to come up and say, Now, wait a minute, Larry. Are you telling me that through my thinking I can stop getting old? Are you telling me that through my thinking I can reverse old age? And you know what? I am telling you that. But let me say a few more words to go with it as well. Because I will say that I haven't known very many people on the planet that have got to 100 or 200 or 300 years old without some of the symptoms that go with what we today as we think as old age. But I'm holding out for the fact that it's only because we don't really believe that we can If all is belief, don't we get a million messages from every source, every day, that as you get older, you wear out. As you get a certain age, now I need something called a shingles shot. It's like I I hardly knew what shingles was, you know. Here's the latest message that says, at a certain age, you're going to be less than you were before. Every message on the planet says that we're, we're going to be wrinkled, that we're going to have trouble with arthritis, that, you know, I can make a list so long it would be hard for me to match up the good side of things. Do you know what I mean? In fact, I remember my grandmother as a child, and, and here I am even saying it out loud, my grandmother as a child told me getting old isn't for sissies. And what she meant was to her... There's pain and suffering involved. We, as a people, believe that getting old is going to create these things Anna, in us. And because we do, I would like to suggest that it's true. Now you can read about people in in scripture, and whether it's like the Old Testament, or whether it's the Bhagavad Gita, you can read about people that in olden times lived to two and three hundred years old. And I'm not so sure that those are just fables. I want to suggest that maybe there was a time when we didn't know that when you got to be a certain age, you started to wear out. I want to suggest that maybe there was a time and a place on the planet where people were expected to live into gracious old age and did so. Are you following me? Some of you are like going, oh, Lord, where is he going to go next? (laughs) Where I'm going to go next is a little bit into the area of disease, but I'm going to take a different track altogether. We're going to put down Creative Mind. Who's familiar with Louise Hay? All right, probably about half the audience has heard of this uh, most amazing New Thought author and healer called Louise Hay. And in her uh, seminal book, You Can Heal Your Life, she actually has a little bit of a metaphysical prescription for us. And you can actually look up things in here that are ailing you or troubling you about your body, and it will give you a little bit of a metaphysical interpretation, if you will. In the same way that I said, uh, questions about your mobility might have to do with your freedom of thinking and where you want to go mentally. Uh, So let's just, uh, let's pick out one here. Interested in learning about planters' warts? (laughs) I'm just picking one at random. What she says is, anger is at the very basis of your understanding. You are spreading frustration about the future. And what she says about Planter's Warts, in terms of an antidote, if you will, or an affirmation, is, I move forward with confidence and ease. I trust the flow of life as my life. Now, you might be saying, okay, Larry, this is all interesting and good, but, you know, have you found it to work? Have you found these things to be true for myself? And, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago I was comparing notes with with Linda Rossi uh, because she and I, uh, among sharing many other things, this time of year we also tend to share this thing about pollen in the world, you know? The A word, the allergy word, and she was so very kind to tell me about a pill that she was taking, which I appreciated, and and actually I thank you because I am feeling better for it. And one of the things I want to suggest too is that in science of mind, we're not adverse to taking a pill. There's no reason you shouldn't. But it got me to thinking about Louise Hay and so a few days ago I thought well I already know what it says because I've looked up allergies before but I'll look it up again and my memory said that allergies meant that I was allergic if you will that I was resisting life and I thought well that's just that's so not me. I'm like, so about life, right? I take it as it comes and have fun with it. And even on my worst days, I'm so about life. And so I'm going to, here I am going to be telling a room full of people, you know, you can work at this metaphysically. And then here's an example that I'm going to have to say just isn't true for me. But you know what? I totally remembered it wrong. I think maybe I remembered what I wanted to hear at the time. Because when I look up allergy, here's what it says. Who and what are you allergic to? Are you denying your own power in the world? Yikes. (laughs) And she says, the world is safe and friendly. You can exercise your power in peace with life. Oh my gosh, that is so right on for what I'm experiencing right now. You know, when I came here about five years ago uh, to become the minister here, I was just out of ministerial school, really felt like I was kind of on a wave of, of, of high energy and high inertia. I didn't have allergies five years ago. I was exercising my power five years ago. I was stretching myself. I was in a stride with something new, the world was, uh, how do I want to put it, the world was exciting and it was along my desire to make a lot of changes. Five years later, I'm kind of at a plateau. Don't get me wrong, what I'm doing is great, but am I tending to have my light beneath a bushel? Am I tempting to rein in things a little bit? Yeah. I totally am. I want to suggest that Louise Hay here, and when was this written? <laughs> I mean, I've never met Louise Hay. This was written some time ago. I want to suggest she's right on. I want to suggest that there are metaphysical, mental causes of is going on in your life. And it doesn't just affect your life at work. It doesn't just affect your life in a relationship. It affects your bodies as well. And whether or not you can pinpoint the cause like I just did, or not, there's something we can do about it. And so now I want to talk a little bit about the one, two, three punch. Uh, Now, those of you who are familiar with boxing, uh, well, and I'm remembering uh, wrestling and and boxing in high school, but I remember one of the techniques they said was the one-two punch. It's like the the first punch kind of like startles them, and then you get them with the second punch. In Science of Mind, we have the three-punch method for handling any kind of problem, and I want to share that with you. The first one is to go for the cause. If you know what the cause of your issue is, like like right now, uh, for me and my, allergies what i know of the cause is taking life too complacently it's not taking risks anymore that's the cause of my allergies and i'm going to work on that and she even gave me a couple good affirmations to move forward in that if you don't know what your cause is Well, we've got more of these in the bookstore, and I'd loan you mine, of course. Uh, But also, you have your intuition. You know what thoughts are circling around in your head. You probably have a pretty good idea when that illness or when that limitation or when that whatever it is is most strong in you, the kind of thoughts, the kind of ideas, the kind of thought patterns that are going on in your head. And there is a connection, so let's pay attention. If you want more help, of course, a licensed practitioner would be a great person to try to put cause and effect here together, you know, to actually look at the metaphysical cause of things. All right, that's the first punch and I think the most powerful one. But I'll tell you, we don't always know what's going on. We don't always know what the root cause is, and there are still things we can do about it. First of all, in science of mind, we believe that nature paths, that doctors, that acupuncturists, there is a need for all of these things. They're part of God, too. Why wouldn't, even as we're treating the root cause in our mind, why wouldn't we go seek someone who's qualified to help us out? So that's the second punch. That is, we're, we're physical beings in the world, and we have a responsibility, if you will, for knowing that what we're eating is healthy, that you know, maintaining the body temple is good, and when things aren't going right, it's like, absolutely, we can seek out qualified help. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Third punch... And this is one we learned last week. It's the idea of mental equivalence. And to illustrate it, let's play a little game together if you're willing. I would like you to, for a few moments, just close your eyes and just follow my voice if you would. I would like you to picture yourself at your most physically whole. Now know with me that you can use your mind as though it were a time machine. And so you may have to cast back, but I want you to take yourself to a time in your life when you felt completely physically whole and vigorous and energetic, the best you've ever felt. Maybe it was the day before you ran a marathon, or maybe it was a, a time in your life when you just had all the complete energy and vigorousness of a young person. Cast your mind back to a time in your life when you were filled with energy, full of the just the gumption of life, too. Know that you can accomplish anything at this period in time. A time of Perhaps emotional health as well, knowing that you fit into the world, and that the world is your blessing. So picture yourself at this time feeling so healthy, so alive, so energetic. And I'd also like to ask you to examine your feelings at this time. How are you feeling about life? is it a can-do attitude is it a feeling of joy that's going on just notice on this most healthy energetic day also what your emotions are like know with me that this feeling this picture of health is always available to you you've created it in your own mind based on a time when you were at your assumed peak and you can call this idea this feeling this this picture this mental equivalent back into your mind whenever you choose so you can open your eyes now i like that little uh, mental equivalent that little meditation if you will because i think all of us can tune into A time in our lives when we felt really healthy. Now, sometimes doing this around our own bodies is easier than it is doing it around a job. Maybe we've never experienced a job that we really liked. Maybe we've never experienced a relationship that seemed spot on. But almost all of us can remember a time. Some of us have to go back a ways, but we can remember a time when we felt so alive, so healthy, so active, so vital... And what I want to suggest is that's the mental equivalent for health now. And you don't have to wait until there's something wrong with you. In fact, think of a mental equivalent as simply affirming what you want to experience from now on. And in that sense, it's like a, a vaccine. And in that sense, it's like a, making sure that you're doing some preventative maintenance on your own bodies. I, I want to suggest that if each morning we spent even five minutes developing and loving this mental equivalent of ourselves at our most healthy, that it would be difficult for disease to find a way in. That disease, by its very nature, is a miscommunication of our powerful thoughts. And when our powerful thoughts are aligned towards health, towards vitality, towards that, uh, that effervescence and that goodness and that joyousness of our physical temple and what we can do with it and the excitement of it and the joy of it, this disease can't live there. If you look at a lot of the medical research, it says that people that view the world as uh, uh, you know, the glass half empty or the glass half full, uh, they will say people that have the positive attitude live longer, have fewer medical issues, recover more quickly when they do have some kind of a medical issue. This is that power of our thinking. This is our ability to create a a mental, I said a medical equivalent. It's like a, it's a mental medical equivalent of how we want to live our lives. And I want to tell you, does this reverse aging? Look around you. Think of your friends. I have some friends of mine that are even younger than me that I would swear they're like 123 years old. (laughs) They just act like poopy old people. And I want to suggest that one of my office workers that I get to see every Tuesday afternoon, Laura Bradley. I don't know. June, do you know how old Laura is? She's 80 at least. 86 in May. 86 in May. You would swear she's young. It's because her heart is young. It's because her mind is young. It's because she's still interested in learning new things. It's because in her, in her heart and in her way of being, the, the end's still a long way off. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's still a lot of life to be lived. There's still a lot of gumption to, out there and, and, and infusing her. And, and I can't even really think of the right words, but after you've been with her for about 10 minutes, you're thinking like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess judging from the hair, she, she must be at least 60. She's almost 90. This is what I want for everyone in this room. I want each one of us to know the same vigor that you just had in your little meditation throughout your entire life because I know that it's yours to experience. There's no reason to think that our ability to organize our thoughts somehow excludes our own body. We have the mental power over our environment and it includes this it includes this go to the doctor of course go to the acupuncturist absolutely see your nature path without question and and at the same time remember the other two punches because that's just the one in the middle we also want to seek out what the root cause of some of our issues are and whether our issues lie in the avenue of bodily health or emotional health, whether it lies in, the, in how we show up at work or whatever. There's a cause there. We can find it. We can work on it. And number three, we can build a mental equivalent of what we want to experience. I'm going to close today with another quote from Ernest Holmes and a prayer closing out this section of the book, this is what he says. Our word establishes the law of our life. It casts out all fear. It can destroy all false sense of a material life. And it realizes that everything is an expression of the perfect God. And so we can leave behind anything that looks like sin, sickness, suffering, or death. And when you are as sure of this as you are that you breathe, when you truly know that within yourself, this is true, you will be healed let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing called life. And oh my gosh, life. It is that evervescence of goodness. It is that sweetness that continues on forever. It is that energy that we felt in that, that little meditation. It is the lightness of being and the sweetness and goodness of friends. Life, my friends, is good. And I know that means me. I know that, that God is here creating this same uh, bubble of life, that same perfect life that exists for everyone. And so for the people in this room, I know that today uh, we embark upon a journey together, a journey of health, a journey of youth, a a journey of knowing that our thoughts are reinforcing what we want to experience even in our bodies. And whether that means a a mental equivalent of of life and happiness and joy, or whether it means uh, going to the doctor, whether it means uh, uh, the ability of our own intuition to see what's at fault in our minds, what I know is all of these things, all of these things are powered through our thought, powered through God's action in the world, through our own thinking. And so for the people in this room, I know this is a week of good thoughts, of healthy thoughts, of joyous thoughts, of that ability to begin organizing our thoughts into more of what we wish to receive in the world. I'm grateful for this. I let it be. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm glad you were here.